Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Comics Are Better podcast, where we talk about the world of indie comics. I am Brian, one of your hosts, and with me, as always, is Carrie. Hello. And Richard. Hello. I hope you guys are doing well today, and you're ready to talk about some indie books. Yes. Maybe. Possibly. Even though we have literally been talking for almost an hour, maybe yeah, over we- an hour, I, I need to break the ice before we get this, com- okay. this conversation started with uh, comics, um, with a question that has nothing to do with comics. Um, well, it might. It might, actually, depending on your answer. Um, have you ever loved something um like some 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 sort of media like a lot and then the sequel comes out and you end up loving the sequel more than the original like somehow they did it they they surpassed the original like i know it doesn't happen and like yeah you'll get like a good sequel but i know it doesn't happen often that's why i was wondering if that's ever happened to you where you feel like the sequel is something that you love is even better than the original does it necessarily right. happen Sorry. Sorry. Go I ahead, was just gonna say, Brian, just, Brian, just tell the people that you saw Spider Verse. It's okay. That's one because I saw it too, and I get it. I get it. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of my answers. That's one of my answers. And but but Richard, do you do you agree with that that sentiment as well? That um, you- that first movie is so good, and I is. cannot in any way like argue that the second movie isn't better, which is really weird. Yeah, that second movie's fantastic. It might actually be like a top of Raiders of the Lost Ark arc, not for you, for for me, because that's my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, or wow, wow, yeah, that's really that's incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this might, yeah, I'm gonna go see it a couple more times and I'll make that decision afterwards. Wow, but we'll see. Um, I have an answer, but I don't know if it's necessarily like considered a sequel. So, one of my very first albums that I ever really loved was Siamese Dream by okay. the Smashing Pumpkin. I would say yes. Mm, and then Melancholy came out when I was like in the seventh or eighth grade mm-hmm. and fucking rocked my world. And that still is to this day the most pivotal album that I've ever heard. I absolutely get it. 100%. Um, so, I mean, that's just like me. And I don't know if that's necessarily considered a sequel. Well I, well, I think when it comes to music, I mean, like you don't really get sequels. So I would say yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. next album. Yeah. yeah. Be, no, no, no. I think you're hundred yeah. percent right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause okay. same with me, like the Benz and okay. Computer by Radiohead. Like the Benz is wonderful. And then like, okay, computer. It's just like, how do they do this? Like, why is this better? Like, <laughs> how can it be better? I know you disagree with me on that. Kenny, I know. But, but yeah. Like genres of music. Okay. We can go. Okay. A fucking Richard, music. Richard do, you, do you have another one by any chance or? Aside from maybe Spider Verse. Oh, Richard, I can't hear you. Did, did, did she just go? Oh, you're on mute. I am on mute. How I'm not on mute anymore. No, no, I. <laughs> I I wanted to uh, blow my nose, so I put myself oh. on mute, and then oh. I just started talking. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, so no, it's polite. my bad. Um, no, no. What I was saying is that, like, I don't no longer invoke because you know Nazis. But there was a point in time for me where it's just like, oh, that Kanye West album was great. Oh yeah. my god, this Kanye album West yeah. is better, album is better. And then if there was a lull, then there'd be like a dark, twisted fantasy after it to be like, oh my god, this is the best thing I've ever heard. How mm-hmm. does this guy keep doing it? It was very like it, around 2010. It got very bizarre because I was just like, no, like I listen to a lot of music, and it's like. 
you make a great album, then you make a slightly lesser album, and then it kind of just kind of declines, declines, declines. And then maybe after years of making crappy music, then you get like one album that like you recapture the essence of yeah. what mm-hmm. made you great in the first place. Mm-hmm. But it's not like, oh, every album just kind of keeps getting better. Even the ones that are a little bit not as good or not as good are still amazing pieces of work. Yeah. So that, that was a, a, a fun, strange time in the 2000s because I was just like, oh, this doesn't really make much sense. Exactly. So that's so weird when that happens. Yeah. And so my my second answer mm-hmm. is because um, this is why like this question came into my head, because these things have happened like concurrently. And the second thing is Tears of the Kingdom. I oh, yeah, Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It yeah. Does I mean, everything that uh, Breath of the Wild did, but better and yeah. more. And, and like there, there's problems, and I'm getting more frustrated with Tears of the Kingdom than I did with Breath of the Wild with the problems. That, but that's not because of like the game being worse than Breath of the Wild. It's because those problems. It's it's Nintendo's job, like doings, because those issues have been resolved in other open world games I've played since Breath of the Wild, and then we go back to Tears of the Kingdom, and they're there again. And they were the same problems that were in Breath of the Wild, but they didn't frustrate me as much because I was used to them when I was playing Breath of the Wild. Like, um, uh, which which thing are you talking about specifically? A lot of the controls. The control... Oh, that's, I, I thought that's what you were going to say, the button scheme thing. Yeah. And it's, they're doing more, but, like, you only have a finite amount of buttons, so it's mm-hmm. a lot of combo stuff, and, yeah, it gets a little frustrating. Um... I feel like I'm starting to get more of a handle with it that I'm not like I am. I'm not blowing the whistle on myself around enemies anymore like I was yeah. doing when I first started the game. <laughs> Same. But uh but yeah, it's definitely like if there was one issue if there was an issue that like, oh Richard, what's your issue with that game? That would probably be the only thing that I have an issue with where I was just like, Oh yeah, the controls are kind of whack sometimes. And but that's like pretty much mine I'm, as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm not really anti uh breaking weapons and breaking armor like that doesn't bother me or breaking shields or whatever. But like the the control scheme thing does kind of pester me a bit. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, because yeah, I'm the same way. the the weapon the weapon and and shield de- degradation degradate. Oh my god, I cannot speak today. When they mm-hmm. get worse as they yeah. go along, <laughs> um, that uh, that definitely um, you know, sometimes it happens at the most inopportune times. But you know what? That's part of the gameplay. That's just and also you get but you get a stronger hit when it does happen. So like make it count. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, no, what one hundred percent? Like it just you instead of having just like that one level, you have literally four different levels of gameplay. You have mm-hmm. like the sky, you have the regular land, you have the caves, and you have the underworld. I mean, and they're all well fleshed out. It's insane how how vast this game is. Yeah, I just recently did the Wind Temple, and just getting up there mm-hmm. was a whole awesome or- ordeal that I oh, thoroughly enjoyed. Though was- I did forget to take a picture of the. Uh, the boss of the temple, and I didn't remember for like until like a couple hours later. Oh, that's funny. I did, I hadn't uh, when I did that that one. I had not unlocked the the, uh, the camera the camera yet, and <laughs> and so so yeah. Um, and so basically, I, I'm gonna do a, a second playthrough, and then that yeah. second playthrough, I'll do the Kuroks. I'll do all the Kuroks, and I'll do all the that's the, insane the, task the high roll story. I know it's a thousand this time. So like God, it's, it's God. We'll I have see. like. I have like thirty something right now. Yeah, and I yeah, and and like and like this one, I'm basically going to get enough to uh, to max out my inventory, and then I'm I'm done. <laughs> like I'm not I'm not looking I'm not looking for more. If I if I run into any, fine, but I'm not going to actively look for right, more. like actively search for them. 
And oh, I, I was going to say, just to be an uh, initial uh, question. Yes. Oh, and I was just like, one of the, the best examples since uh, c- comic book stuff is Witcher Soldier. That first Captain America movie, like this was back before all the movies were super, super intertwined. So like, you know, the yeah. sequels to the one franchise were kind of actual sequels to that franchise. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I, I like that first Captain America movie. I thought it was fine. Like, I, I didn't think it was the best, but I didn't think it, you know, some people judged it a lot more harshly than I did. But Witcher Soldier blew me away. Like, I walked into yeah. that movie and I was just like, oh my God. Like, to me, that's still my favorite MCU movie. They have, they made a way for something as zany as Arnim Zola to kind of work feasibly in a real world. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, it Absolutely. just was really, really cool. And I was just like, oh, I didn't know you could, I didn't know you could up the ante this well and make something so much better than, than the original. Cool. 100%. Yeah. And yeah, Winter Soldier is actually my, still my favorite MCU as well. Even though um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was pretty damn good. Like, I'm that saying. was excellent. But also, like, Infinity War, I, I, game. I sometimes that I don't love that game that much. Okay, I think Infinity, Infinity War. War is the the better of the two. Yeah, but like Infinity War, um, it does it's not a standalone movie. Like I can't just give somebody Infinity War and tell them to watch it and it make any sense. Whereas Winter Soldier could just stand alone on its uh-huh. own. Like you don't even need to see prior material. It's just the movie. Infinity War is like the next episode or the next chapter in this long saga. And you really you need yeah. to know a lot of stuff before you can even delve into it. That's that's the Winter Soldier is the is the MCU movie where I'm like I'm trying to get my father in law to watch that one, and, I, right. and he has he has no context or continuity knowledge, you know, of, of any of the other MCU. And, then, and you're right, it's just that's the that movie. Like you like you know political thrillers, right? It's yeah, like he might have, he might have seen a spy thriller from the '70s before, so he'll exactly yeah. know what this is. And guess what? Robert Redford's in it. <laughs> you know so. what's the movie where Jeremy Renner gets run over by a snowmobile? <laughs> oh shit! I'm joking. I'm Hawkeye joking. 3. I guess that was the Revenge bad. of the Snowmobile. <laughs> the snowmobile. Ah, no, I like Jeremy Renner. I'm so glad he's doing better. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we better get going then. Thank you for indulging me as always. Uh, all right. So we do have a wonderful episode. Um, we'll go ahead and get started as we like to do most of the time with uh, DIY Corner um, when I have a chance to find a good book to talk about. Uh, this one is on Kickstarter. Uh, you want to talk about a title that is just like pure catnip to me? Uh, Mary Shelley's School for Monster Horror is one of those titles, especially the 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 secondary title is La Llorona in the Machine. I mean... Did you just make a comic for me? Like, like, is there anybody else? So do I have to do I have to donate the entire amount of like the four thousand dollar goal because I'm the only person that this comic <laughs> is made for? So no, they have made their goal. So there's other people. I'm glad. And there's uh, about two weeks to go. Uh, definitely. Um, if this sounds interesting to you, uh, you're like me. One and two. Uh, yeah, d- definitely donate and back it. It sounds really cool. Um, I'll give you the quick uh, rundown that's on the Kickstarter. It says, uh, do you relate more to monsters than the humans? Do you wish you live at... Do you wish you could live at a school filled with magic and mystery? Have you read Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and really, really wish the monster lived in a world that loved and accepted it? The Mary Shelley School for Monsters awaits for you. This Kickstarter is for the beautiful is for the beautiful 136-page all-ages hardcover graphic novel, Mary Shelley School for Gra- for Monsters, La Llorona in the Machine. Uh, 
So yeah, this oh, sounds cool. awesome. I don't think Johnny likes monsters. This <laughs> I know Johnny's growling. He's afraid of monsters. Um, this story is ha- is what happens when Scooby Doo, Wednesday Adams, and the Winchesters from Supernatural jump into the Necronomicon and team up with Mary Shelley and her monsters to solve mysteries. That's yeah. kind of cute. It sounds it's yeah. fun. The, the 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 art looks cool. Yeah, the, this the art like, looks really cool. Yeah, it's it's dark. It has lots of blacks and purples. Yeah, I'm I'm game. It looks like like a lot of fun. And there's like and cool, it has like a lot of interesting like coloring too. Yeah, and and lots of like cool reimaginings of like of monsters. Like you know you have a Medusa or Frankenstein, a ghost named Will, which I thought was great because like Will O Wisp, and uh, you know just a lot of cool stuff. I mean. This book looks amazing, and I gotta check this out. And you all gotta check this out because I said so. No, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, we'll have the link as always. Definitely uh, click on the link, um, donate if you're interested or if you can. And uh, all right, cool. Time for spotlights. We have decided that the hand of fate has decided that Carrie is gonna go first. Well, <laughs> mine's gonna be short, yeah. But um, I chose Glister and the Haunted Teapot by Andy Watson from Catnap, Catnap Press. So um, I'm going to tell you straight up, I don't really know a whole lot about this story because it's really fucking cute and it's very pink. All I know is that Glister and her dad and a slew of other characters live on a property that of a name I can't say. And they get a random haunted teapot delivered to them anonymously. And all the dad cares about was can it pour? Because (laughs) we have a cracked teapot and all I want is tea. I love Andy Watson. I love their work. I've read them before. It's great. My problem with this book, and this is not a diss. This is just if you have poor eyesight like Carrie does. The lettering is so swirly. Um, Because it's supposed to look like old timey. It's really cute, but it's a lot of line work and the letters straight up got lost and I had a very hard time reading it. We, I was also reading digitally. We all know if you're a long time listener, how I feel about reading digitally. So that may be part of it. Um, This, it looks adorable. I want to really like it and I'm going to have to give it another crack. It's just when my eyes are tired or from whatever reason, I can't focus well on certain types of lettering. And today, and today when I was reading it, it was just one of those days and I could not get through it. The world looks really fun. Mm-hmm. And the one cool thing that I did catch was that when they take the teapot out of the box, it says A, B, C, D, E, F. The next scene that you see the teapot, it says uh, G, H, I, J, K. The next scene you see the teapot, it the alphabet progresses so i thought that was a little fun little hint as to what exactly is going to go on with the teapot i don't know but it was cool to kind of see it change a little bit in every panel that it was shown it's on comiXology it looks really good um i highly recommend it just just going based off of andy watson themselves like I, i like andy yes let's read it but if you have a hard time with certain types of lettering just go into that with a fair warning because you might also be affected by it but it is or maybe just get it um a hard copy physically yeah. maybe that's a better read mm-hmm. not everything needs to be re- read digitally brian i know i'm sorry so yeah anyways check it out <laughs> wow. sorry yeah. <laughs> that was probably not the best spotlight but oh, it is what it is but um 
Yeah, maybe we'll have to get a physical copy of it. Um, uh, I, you were just reading it after you read the main subject too, so you literally read a four hundred page book, and then you re- you were going to read this, so I could see your eyes being tired. Yeah, as well. So yeah, so yeah, I I read it and I liked it a lot. No, 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 no. So, uh, like I, so, uh, I, I I'm saying to anybody that's on the fence. I I personally liked it as well. Yeah, I won't get much into it, but but like it was really good. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's just mm-hmm. check it out if you're a fan of Andy's. Go for it. Yeah. If you like pink. Yeah. And each, um, there, this is a first of a series of books, and each book has a main color. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I do like that a lot. Yeah. That is really cool. So I guess I'll go into my my spotlights. Um, first up is Daughters of Snow and Cinders by Nuria Tamar- Tamarit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's translated by Jenna Allen uh, from Fantagraphics, is the publisher for the English edition. Um, Okay, so this book takes place during um, the, uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's the Yukon Gold Rush, or, or the Alaskan Gold Rush is one of those. Um, I know they happen at two different separate times, um, but very, very close to each other. Uh, but um, the story is about a young woman um, who basically got chased out of the land that she inherited back in Europe. And has come to the uh, to the new world and to the uh, to the Arctic. Uh, her name is Joanna, and she has come to um, to basically strike, you know, get gold, and then go back and then you know basically rebuy her property and or rebuild it actually because it got burnt down by soldiers. And they and when the soldiers did that, they also killed her parents. So oh, <laughs> she's not in a good place. And so she goes, um, she she meets um, a young um, First Nations uh, woman who works as a guide. Her name is Tala. Um, she basically says that the only the only group that's going to take a woman is the group that I'm in. And that's um, Motway's group. And um, so she she basically pays money to Motway and says, you know, let me join you. Um, and then I'll, uh, you know, on this expedition, well, they leave without her in the um and and basically so she ends up playing catch up turns out Motway is an absolute 100 percent asshole dickhead of a person and is like the is the villain of the story um there's also this old lady named opa um she's uh kind of like the the healer um she ends up getting um attacked by the um the other people in this group because she had to cut off a couple fingers of one of the uh of the miners because they were too like ferociously looking for gold and did not care about frostbite and got, ended up getting to frost, frostbite and fingers. So she had to cut them off because, you know, there was nothing you could do except cut them off and they got pissed and they literally um, lit her on fire. And oh, so, God. yeah, these are guys that are assholes. And so uh, uh, basically what happens is eventually Tala and Opa, um, leave tala feels really bad one for like convincing joanna to join this group even though they left without her and so they kind of join together and then they decide you know what we're going to uh steal some of their gold and get the fuck out of here because they don't deserve to have the gold in the first place and so this becomes a story you know kind of kind of like a heist but like it becomes kind of like a thriller in a sense, because it's in the woods, and obviously there's this guy after them now because they have stole some of their gold. Uh, there's also this giant wolf 
who's like the mother of the forest, who's pissed off that there's people and they're taking things from them, who kind of like joins in the fray. And um, it's kind of about the story of like, basically, do, do humans, do people have the right to come into a place like this and and take from the land? And and so it's it's well done. It's beautiful. There's some wonderful two page spreads in this thing. It's it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, also, I think you're all going to laugh uh, just a little behind the curtain kind of situation. Uh, we were talking after the end of the episode. Uh, after we stopped recording and I, and we were talking about like uh you know books kind of that are that are you know from left field that we don't really you know see a lot and i was like yeah and i've been you know i i mentioned i've been trying to get a lot of like you know international books and Carrie um has said to me she's like oh i usually get like european books because yes like europe comics is like the, my place for you know international books and then Someone might have called me a colonizer <laughs> at the time <laughs> of, why, of why I like the European bugs. And it just happens to be the case. And I was kind of making the joke because even like um, there was a book that we did as a main subject uh, called Ashes. I think, was that last season? Yeah, or- no, last, yeah last season. And and that one, during the entire book, I'm like, oh, like, is this guy, is he from like, what part of South America or what part of Central America is he from? Because that's just whole vibe of the story, right? And like the names mm-hmm. and like that. And then at the end, it's like, oh, he's from Spain. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> like that. And in this case, the um, I was reading it and I'm like, oh, this person, oh, she, they must be like Inuit or like, you know, like, um, you know, maybe like French Canadian or, you know, some, something like that, like of some kind of like First Nations as well up there in Canada. And then, and then like, I get to the end and she's like, they live in Valencia, Spain and they're, they're a French origin. And I'm like, Oh, once again, this happened, um, but still a great book. How, Richard, notice how he didn't deny being a colonizer. I know. Yeah. That was I Larry. Mean, that was, we just skated by that. Yeah. It's like, hey, it's Mr. Uh, Mr. And, Manifest Destiny over here. <laughs> it's his God given right to go west. And yada, yada, yada. <laughs> to go over the land. <laughs> and look, 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 he stopped as, as soon as he got to know more land, Carrie. He's just like, you know what? <laughs> the, the West uh, Coast, I've arrived. Yeah. And, <laughs> but then we, then we took Hawaii. <laughs> we just kept on going west. Isn't Guam a U.S. Guam territory? Is a, it's U.S. territory. Yeah. Well. That's even further. Yep. Um, yeah. You really well, wanted those pineapples. Well. Um, but yes. Um, but yeah. Great book. Definitely recommend. Um, you know, um, it's 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 fun. Uh, I I had a I had a I had a time though trying to figure out whether or not the book was originally published in French or Spanish because it totally threw me off because it was the publisher was in France. She lived in, in Spain, and I was like, okay, what, which language was this done in? But, and so, yes, it was French. Um, and so may, maybe like, um, what's the, what's the little, the, um, the mountains in the middle between the Alps? The, no, um, Basque, the Basque region. Maybe, maybe it's Basque because that's, that's part of I'm not a, uh, Karen, he only knows the, the, the European geography. Yeah, only the European ones. <laughs> nothing else. Yeah. yeah. So tell me where the part of Germany <laughs> yeah, exactly. Emily's oh, from. You mean the fatherland. Oh, shut <laughs> up. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Did you ever refer to it as the motherland? No, the, the Germany's the fatherland. Oh, okay. And I only know this because I'm of European descent. Well, shut <laughs> I'm up. I'm just joking. Meanwhile, when I was are... over there in uh, Europe, 
I, I didn't know until I went there how big comics were. And then so we took the uh, we were in Paris and we took the uh, train out to uh, Brussels in Belgium. And I, I to this day, I've never had more FOMO because like right where we were, we were there for a chocolate tour, which was amazing. But like right in like the main square, like where they have all the tourist stuff and all these like hotels and everything. There's a comic book museum in Brussels and I couldn't oh. go. Shoot. I went to a comic book store, but there was a comic book, and, like, we just didn't have time. Like, we had tickets bought and things booked, and we had to go. And, like, oh. I'm standing outside this comic museum, and, like, I can see inside they have all this Tintin stuff. Oh, and I was just oh, like, but I belong here. here. But yeah. I belong here. And, like, yeah. um, in that area of town, I, th I, I forget the exact number, but it's, like, I want to say it's in the 60s or 70s where all these comic artists did murals. Like, you know, whatever, you know, European comic strips are popular – they do murals all over the city, like in alleyways or whatever. So you could just kind of walk through the city and keep finding comic art randomly. It's really fun. Oh, that's, that's cool. So cool. So that's my cool. brother and sister-in-law, they go to Europe every year um, a couple of times. Must be nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, um, they, uh, did you just call them sluts? I said colonizers. Oh, colonizers? No. <laughs> They're not, one is not a colonizer. Um, at least but, one of them. <laughs> yeah, at least one of them. But no, um, they make it a point to buy, like, their co favorite books or their favorite comics in each country they go to in the native language. Oh, nice. So that way they have, like, a collection of them, like, bought throughout Europe or whatever. So mm -hmm. I always thought that was kind of cool. I've yeah. never been. I don't think, Brian, you've never been to Europe. Right? Oh, no, I haven't, no. Yeah. Um, the, um, Carrie sent me something via Instagram this morning about say? Norway. And it makes me now want to move to Norway. And oh. this it is relative to what we're talking about. Okay. It basically says, okay, so Norway is like an odd country because, like, listen to this. Norwegians consume 9% of all Pepsi Max produced. Norwegians really? eat the, sec the second most tacos in the world just after Mexico. Norwegians drink the second most coffee in the world just after the USA. And Norwegians read the second most comic books in the world just after Japan. There are five million. Oh. Pe there are only five million people in Norway. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, that that I want to move to Norway. I want to be five million and one. <laughs> you would be five million and one. Yeah, I have been looking into um applying for like dual citizenships for different countries. Mm -hmm. It is fucking hard. Yeah, we're stuck with our sorry American asses for totally. we're we're not going to be able to do the work. Mm -hmm. Okay, sorry. sorry kids. I oh. am also Canadian, so. Oh, I, I, I actually do were have. Were you born in Canada? You lived. I was born in Montreal. Montreal, yeah. Bitch, you are fancy. Mm -hmm. That's, That's really cool. I, I left when I was three months old, Karen. You have dual <laughs> citizenship. Um, yeah, because Canada didn't make me uh like renege it when I became a U.S. citizen. So nice. That's so fancy. That's right. That is uh, very cool. You're lucky. You have oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, a, right, I'm a, right, right, right around 2017. I was just like, "Hey, this is neat, <laughs> isn't it?" Yeah, I, don't play <laughs> me. It's kind of shitty over here. Yeah, my uh, <laughs> like, I never, I never cared about having it until right around 2017, 2018. I was like, yeah. "Well, that's me." Yeah, <laughs> and I am on the fast track for Canadian citizenship yes. because my my grandfather was born in Canada and and oh. lived there for like maybe the first 20 years. Yeah, of his you life. can actually by so, blood you can apply for it. Yeah. Oh, uh, nice. So so same. So I'll have to drag Carrie along with me, but we, yeah, we could do it. So because, um, we like I think we're able, like I'm able to apply for Mexico citizenship because of like my ancestry and stuff. But like, 
in order for us to live there with like for me to live there with Brian, we have to both be fluent in Spanish and live there for five years mm-hmm. before oh, wow. uh, before he can apply. Yeah. And I'm closer to being fluent in Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, when we were on our cruise, I know this is totally off topic. I'm so sure. Well, it's, so it's not because of our main subject too. I, oh yeah, but like when we were on our cruise and we were in Mexico, um, the there was this guy who thought it, um, who thought Brian was hilarious because he's like, hey, this widow is fluent in Spanish, and so they were talking about <laughs> Brian, and Brian knew what they were saying, and I was like, can I just buy my warachis, please? Because <laughs> yeah. I want I can't think as fast as you're speaking. <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my problem. I, uh, I I I'm not really good at the speed, as as we will soon talk about in yeah. our main subject. Um, I will go. Uh, <laughs> what are we doing right now? <laughs> I forget. This week I uh, checked out a uh, local man number one. It's uh by Tim Seeley and Tony Fleeks and uh, Brad Simpson and Felipe Sobre Sobreiro. So local man is the second of a book that like. I didn't know I existed until I covered uh, until my knuckles bleed uh, uh, in a previous season, mm-hmm. and basically it's like a um, an image redux that like the people that read image comics as a kid are now comic creators and they want to make stuff in that vein. So we meet a uh, um, <laughs> we meet Jack and he used to be a uh, a um, superhero named Cross Jack and he was on some sort of version of, like, Team Youngblood. He was, like, you know, a government superhero. But we see that he's down and out. Like, he he effed this up somehow. He got kicked out of the superhero group. He's going back home to the sticks where he's from to, like, stay with his parents while he, like, tries to get his life together. He tries to get a ride, like, from an Uber driver. And then when he realizes who he is, he will not, uh, um, will not let him ride. But we do not know what he did. Like in this whole first issue, we do not know what he did to, you know, be stripped of his like prestige as a superhero. But he goes out to a bar. Everybody hates him. Everybody shits all over him. But he does run into like an ex-girlfriend and she shows him some kindness. Um, When he's at the bar, his like basically his like first arch nemesis that like when he first got powers that he uh, he fought, he kind of comes and attacks the bar looking for him. But he like you know Crossjack puts him down almost immediately, but uh, when he puts him, but what happens is that the villain doesn't like you know really he he tears shit up so you can't think he's a good guy, but he wasn't there to attack him he was there to give him a message. Um, but <laughs> what ends up happening is this old superhero team shows up and I guess they serve him with papers because he has a cease and desist. Not only did he get kicked out the group, but he's not like allowed to do superhero anymore. Because mm-hmm. everything they own the intellectual property, which is Crossjack. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was very rude. So the <laughs> first issue ends with that uh, old nemesis of him after he gets pulled in lockup. Because like the the cops know who he is, so they're like, basically, we're just gonna hold you for a day and send you on your way. Don't do this shit again. But uh, he gets murdered in his jail cell, <laughs> and we don't know what Crossjack's powers are. It's like, it seems to be like projectile based, but it's all very vague. And then there's a little uh, addendum to the issue where you see him in like his more, it's like, you know, more drawn in like a 90s superhero style, mm-hmm. big muscles. They're fighting the guys, the bad guys. But the thing is, is that Crossjack keeps questioning them. Like, Hey, why are we doing this? Like, what was the crime? And these uh, villains are, too, it's, Everyone's like Crossjack is made to seem like a real person, real characters who's asking questions. He wants the stakes. Whereas all the other characters, they're doing the very 
you know, comic booky good and evil thing that those are the bad guys, so we beat them. So <laughs> we're, there's some nuance there. The only other wrinkle is that Crossjack mentions that his dog, his parents still have the same dog that he had when he moved out, but they're like, when he left, he was four, the dog was 14. And yeah. the dog seems to still be spry. So I'm assuming that's some sort of red herring for something we'll find out later. Because okay. maybe the dog has powers. Yeah, or it's another dog or something like that. Or maybe right. it's like Flight of the Navigator. Yeah, that's true. It could be. <laughs> I, re- I really wish I knew pop culture. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've we'll never seen Flight. I know what it, it is, but I've never seen it. We got to watch it. It's good. Okay, it's probably not that great. Now. Right, right. it's a We're nostalgia it, thing. Oh yeah, fuck! We, I love that movie as a kid. So I think it's one of those movies that, like, when I was a kid, it would come on, but I didn't know what it is. It's kind of esoteric at the at the beginning, so I just always like changed the channel. Yeah, totally. And then, like, as I got older, I found out that people that have very similar tastes with me that like that's like one of their like foundation movies, and I was just like, oh, I should have checked that out at the time, huh? <laughs> well, you know, yeah, it happens. It totally does. Um, Never ending story by any chance? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Come on, I've seen oh, no. Yeah. And Carrie has never seen no, that. No, I refuse to oh, watch really? it. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, Carrie. Well, what I was telling you about One Piece earlier, it does the same thing. It's like, hey, are you being entertained? Oh, yeah, you're being entertained. Should I rip the, the heart out of your chest as well? Yeah. And yeah, it just kind of does that to people. I, <laughs> I Right. I was going to say, at this point, you, you haven't dealt with the trauma, and I don't know if there's any need to. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah, we, we won't watch that one. Yeah, um, but, but it's uh, really good. Yeah. <laughs> Counterpoint: It's it's really good. Both of them, absolutely. Um, but Local Man, uh, very good book. I read that as well a few weeks ago. Oh, you read it as well um, a few weeks ago? Yeah, and and I loved I love the uh, the throwback um, art when you got mm-hmm. into like the, the 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 old story. And yeah, you're right. Like he's like a modern character, even in those in those parts of the story, he's like a modern character in a '90s book, and he does not fit yeah. at all because because yeah. The the questioning why we're punching people in the face, you know, <laughs> that definitely did not happen a lot in the nineties comics. Mm-hmm. You know, no, you just punch the bad guys in the face. That's it. Yeah. That's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah, I'm and he seems like he seems to be like Shaft or something um, from Youngblood. That character, yeah. like, like that's like the niche that he's feeling. Filling, and then the the uh, the leader of their group who had been like, I guess, brigade, but he seems to be like a white supremacist or something, or like yeah. he's super arch conservative. <laughs> totally got that vibe too. And then his, and then the girl, the his girlfriend slash other member. She's a uh, what's she's it called from a reckless? Yeah, she's what's it called from reckless? She's rainy. Oh, cool. Rainy. Yeah. But with superpowers. Uh, super, yeah. Oh, that's very really cool. Yeah, I'm ge- cool. I'm guessing something might have happened between Crosscheck and and that that one character. Oh no, obviously they're yeah, they're, no, they're and I think that. that's probably a little too heavy. And what what whatever happened because of that? I as I'm assuming is why he got kicked off the team. So right. Yeah, because uh, that's that's the vibe I'm getting. But I've only read the first issue as well, so I, I'm trade waiting that one. So cool. Yeah, that that, that I did enjoy that one a lot. Yeah. yeah, nice. And the art was solid across the board, mm-hmm. like just really oh, yeah. really good art. And the fact that like they had different art, you know, styles for different things, you know, really made everything pop. I really, yeah, like you said, just really enjoyed it. Really solid book. Yeah, I like when artists can do that. When when even just the same book, they can just like throw down. Um, mm-hmm. multiple types of types of styles of art. I forget who the artist was, but Dal H for Hero um, from DC Comics a few years ago 
like every mm. time that they would go in like every time they get a new superpower that was like an homage to a different like era of comic books like the guy would draw that type of Ooh, that's yeah awesome. was, I, I i'm totally skipping on the name right now and um I know our spotlights have gone too long already, so I don't want to spend the time looking for it. So, um, yeah, just just for look another up. time. I think it was like the New Fifty Two is when the yeah, superhero. Yeah, I was gonna say that 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 volume I know was popular, but I never got a chance to read. It. I read the one pre New Fifty Two, and that was excellent yeah. as well. And I think it was Steve Orlando who wrote it. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, good stuff all around. All right, now it's time for our main subject, which is um, "I Mija," my bilingual summer in Mexico by Christine Suggs from Little Brown and Company. And this was Carrie's choice. So I'll go ahead and give her the microphone here and she'll give us a quick summary and a spoilers after that summary. Go ahead. Okay, so Christine (laughs) is a 10th grader and she just finished uh, her year. So she's going to be visiting her family in uh, Mexico City. She usually goes for the summer or for like, you know, like a, like a trip every summer, but this is the first time that she will be going, um, by herself for two weeks. Now she has, um, a Dia is Bati is uh, uh, Patty, Patty, yeah, Patty. Okay. Patty, uh, P-A-T-Y, uh, in the States with her mom and her dad. Now, Christine is half Mexican, her mother being Mexican, her father being, um, like English ancestry Irish. is like Irish English English yeah, and um they live in Texas so the whole book is about Christine's um trip to Mexico City and the way that she's not feeling maybe comfortable in her body um comfortable with the language comfortable with her identity as far as like you know who she's attracted to how she identifies um even just, you know, ethnically how she identifies. So this trip in and of itself is her journey to find out how she perceives herself and who she really is. And I don't think I can give, I can talk more than that without giving spoilers. No, I, I think that's, and that's a good summary too. Yeah. And and we, we said this uh, before we recorded, we're probably going to cut it out. So I'll just say it really quick again. In the book, um, Christine goes with she and her as a pronouns, but the character that Christine is writing as herself, since it's an autobiography, but Christine herself or themselves, the the author, uh, uses they them pronouns. Yes. So so when we're talking about Christine, the character will say she. When we're talking about Christine, the author, the author we will say they. they. Okay. Okay. Going on. All right. So spoilers. If you're ready. I'm ready. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. So Christine gets um, Mexico City. Uh, her mom will be joining her if in two weeks. Dad is not coming. Her older brother is not coming. Her tia Pati, her mom's sister, cannot go. And it is never talked about why she can't go. She just can't. She says that she has to work. Yeah. So the whole point of Christine going there is so that way she can become fluent in Spanish. Her Spanish is good, but it's not fluent. She goes there. She sees her mama and her papa, who are her grandparents. She does not call them abuelo or abuelita or anything because they don't like feeling old. (laughs) She has a tia Mari, who is the only daughter who did not marry and who is living at home to take care of her parents. 
that as the time goes, she is again struggling with how she perceives herself. Um, she has a pancita, which means a little tummy. She's got chub on her. Um, apparently she is very, very, very self-conscious. And if you're Latino, then that's one of the things that unfortunately we come from an ancestry of body shaming and body dysmorphia. So we talk about it. Um, but the all the thing is too is we come from a culture of food. So it doesn't matter if you're fat or skinny, you eat and you eat plenty. And so there is a weirdly disproportionate identity with food. Um, I think that that Christine also struggles with. Uh, you know, she they call they talk about how she's a little gordita or, or has a little pancita, but mija, you know, more tacos, mija, more chicharron, like whatever. So she has to juggle, I think, with that and be like, and then she, if when you read the book, you'll notice she always, she'll grab her stomach and she'll always say, no, I'm okay. Like, no, no more, please, no more. And you don't know, at least I don't, if she's truly saying no because she's full or if she's saying no because, and by subconsciously touching her tummy she's remembering that she has a tummy so she doesn't want to keep adding to it um she doesn't like wearing shorts but she wears shorts because in mexico it's very in that area in the southern region it's very hot um she learns more about her family even though the the spanish is um like their languages are difficult because they don't speak english and sh- her spanish is very formal it's very uh school spanish it's not with any of the slang or anything. So you also learn about um, how much they love each other and how tight their bonds are, despite the language barrier, which I thought was very beautiful. You learn about the the sexual identity of Christine. Uh, Christine will see um, topless pictures of, of women and, sh- and she blushes. So she's also very concerned about how her very Catholic grandparents w- would ever react. She doesn't, the, Christine, the character never comes out and says anything about like being attracted to uh, boys or girls. She just says like, oh, I wonder what my grandparents would say. So there's definitely, she's questioning everything. Um, I personally, I love this book. Um Brian was really concerned about me reading it just because there's a lot of parallels to my own life in it. And with the fact that we'll beat the dead horse, but you know, like the fact that my mom's gone, he thought that the, like the, the showing of the closeness of Christine and her mom would like bother me. But I think when you come and, and despite, it doesn't matter your cultural background. But I think when you come from an ancestry or a heritage that prides itself on like familial ties and you see the bonds of the women, especially, it's really beautiful. Um, There's a lot of generational trauma that I think Latino cultures and Latino families carry. And I, but I still think that the way that the women are connected is a very beautiful thing. Um, I think there was a vulnerability in this book that um, seemed very intimate and you got to see sides of someone 
that I think was phenomenal. I, and I'm not trying to sound hollow or anything, but you, when you read the book, and I, I saw shades of my family in it. I saw the way I was raised in it. But I think anybody who comes from some sort of familial background can recognize themselves in it. You see Christine's frustrations. You see uh, her struggles. You see the way that she acts. And you see the way that she's also like very much a teenager. There's a part of the book where where she um, is bored of the conversation. She's tired of trying to figure out how to speak Spanish. So she has her 3DS and her phone and she's zoning out. <laughs> and it's just like, I mean, I know adults <laughs> whose name rhymes with Shmryan <laughs> who does that when we visit his family. I've seen it and I I, I know it. <laughs> but I mean, like, it, it's it's very, it's such a good book. And I'm, prob- I'm probably going off on tangents and I'm really, really sorry because I'm going off on tangents because I'm thinking of parts of the book and I'm like, oh, this reminds me of my aunt or this reminds me of my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, this reminds me of my grandma because I grew up with a grandma that hardly spoke English and I didn't know any Spanish. And our love language was TV novelas. We watched Spanish soap operas together. And when you're eight Aww. and nine and 10 and you don't know the language, but you know, people be fucking I I'm like oh my grandma abuelita you know like I was just like blushing because I was a little kid and she's like ay mija so like again ay mija you know like it's just and mija is a, ter- a, a term of endearment it's literally um like a conjugation of my daughter because it's me hija mm-hmm. so it'd be like mija and um I don't know please add because I'm just like floundering right now but it's oh, really good you're 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 doing great but no oh, the book is awesome um so one thing you didn't I don't think you mentioned was that like we get a lot of her internal monologue by like a little cartoon her yes, that like yes, the cartoon yes. that shows her little psyche and my whole thing is this so I've read this book and like you said so much that I'm able to relate to like you know speaking to relatives in the second language and that language barrier being frustrated and um having anxiety for all sorts of things like you know that happens to all of us the thing is, is that it was breaking my heart how hard she is on herself because mm-hmm. that was not my experience. Like where it's like, oh, like I'm the problem. I'm me. Like I should do better, or I'm not fat. Like like oh, it's like oh, I'm fat, but like I don't know. It's, she beats herself in a word in a way like you know her little cartoon and like her little internal monologue that like oh it just hurt me. It just mm-hmm. hurt me that like she had to go through that. And you know you get to the end of the story and there's a little afterward that you know Chris comes out she's okay. <laughs> or they're yeah. okay now and um but it just it like it, all the teenage aches and just the brutality towards herself and like and it and it hurt even more because and I you know that comes with anxiety and also being a teenager is that the way that it's drawn her grandparents her aunts the people she has to interact with they don't see what she sees. They're not taking it as hard. They just love her. And yeah. like, you know, she's like, oh, I'm too light. Like, I don't look enough like my family. Like, we don't look like we're the related. They don't see that. They just see their their granddaughter, you mm-hmm. know, their, their niece. That's all they care about. When she runs into like her great aunt and like, you know, they don't kind of recognize each other. And then she kind of puts it together and figures it out. And you just see the joy in her face there to see her. 
and like and but like but in so many occasions she's just beating herself up and like it just crushed me yeah mm-hmm. absolutely yeah and and the little the little character the little, the little conscious um it's interesting too because i i feel the, the little character is very um positive and it's still christine herself that's being beaten you know kind of beating herself down and mm-hmm. so it's, it's almost like this is like the true christine's true self that's still trying to get out yeah and mm-hmm. and christine's like like uh, you know like conscious is keeping it down like still because of of like just how she feels and as someone who suffers like body dysmorphia and stuff like that as i have you know i totally relate to that where it's just like you could be your own worst enemy so yeah absolutely easily. yeah so i definitely relate that too as well and yeah also um uh real quick about we're talking about things that we liked about this book i love the little dips into history and i love the little the explanations mm-hmm. um Okay, so I didn't know what pan dulce was until I started dating Carrie. It was like the secret that uh, Mexican families had that I never knew about. <laughs> and I'm not a big bread person, and I do like some pan dulce, but it's not usually my thing. But I understand now completely how important pan dulce is to to like Mexican like culture and cuisine and everything. And so, like, um, I just love hearing the the stories, and I also love hearing the, the kind of the tragic beginnings mm-hmm. of why Pond will say it all has to do with colonialism. Yep, you know, and and it's really interesting that something no so fan- like it. <laughs> something <laughs> so fantastic, something so good um, has come from something so horrible. You know, like, yeah, absolutely. You know, because if 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 the 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 Spanish didn't burn down all of their plants that they said that were apocryphal, mm-hmm. you know, they. Uh, and then also then the French invaded and and took over their land then mm-hmm. they wouldn't have been those same yeah but now that's a big part of the culture so yeah as they're, as they're own now and shout out to the puerquito mm-hmm. um if you read the book it is a little cinnamon and nutmeg uh pastry shaped like a pig it is muy delicioso you must try it yeah. and you must have it con cafecito because that's really the only way you can do it always with coffee yeah and then yeah the the history about Catholicism in in Mexico. Yes, with the Virgen and, de Guadalupe. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and like and like the Aztecs. It's just all that stuff is just like was so cool. Like just like to kind of read and see, and and the art really goes well with it. It's just yeah. And then I love maps. I'm a Tolkien nerd, so of course, like if there's maps and then literally there's layouts of the house, I'm like, okay, this is cool. I'll keep kind of referencing back to those. Yeah, yeah, being, yeah. Okay, they're here now. They're here now. Like yeah. I think what's really cool about it. And again, I, I this comes from a personal perspective, but I think a lot of people can relate. It's um, you know, I I have a very, very hard time with my um ethnic identity because I never get guessed to be full Mexican like I am. I always get assumed I'm something else, which for traveling is very beneficial. I will say that to be ethnically ambiguous um, because people don't know what I am and don't want to offend me. So they'll be nice to me. Um, But when there's parts of the book that Christine is saying, like people are wondering if she's Hawaiian or if she's um, Chinese because of the way that she looks. And I have gotten not Chinese, but I've gotten lots of other different um ethnic guesses and it fucks with you 
it makes you think, oh, shit, I don't look like my family. I don't look like what I'm supposed to be. And then if you don't speak that language, you're like, oh, fuck, what am I? You really do feel like you're some kind of like atrocity to your bloodline because you're like, wait, I don't look like these people. I don't talk like these people. Um, I'm not one of them. Uh, and so it's it's heartbreaking because you kind of know her struggle and it made me so happy towards the end to see her kind of grasp her culture and to be like proud of it and to be like yeah you know this is me I am this you know I my family comes from Ciudad Mexico like it's very important and I mean it's probably within the last five years I've been on like a real cultural heritage journey that I've really started to embrace it too so I mean it it did feel very timely I was like oh this is really cool very very nice when I was reading the book, um, so I don't know what Pendulce is until I read the book because the Mexicans never made their way down here. So yeah. <laughs> to, to Florida, you know, like it's always funny, like there's always so many different space, but it's all the islands and the uh, South American. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, so that way I see, read it in the book, I'm like, Pantus. I was like, oh, pasteles, because that's what mm-hmm. <laughs> the people the people that immigrated our way call it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just thought that, you know, just like those funny little cultural differences on that yes. end. But um, we're reading the book and, you know, she heart, she kind of goes in on um, how different she is from her family and blah, blah, blah. But, like, it's a very um, simplistic art style. And then so when you get to the end of the book, there's an afterward and there's actual photographs. And yeah. then you can really tell how she looks very, very fair skinned or they look very, very, um, you know, kind of ethnically ambiguous. But at, at, at the very least, very Yankee, just very American <laughs> in some version Whereas mm-hmm. the rest of the family, it's not just that they're Mexican, but they're very indigenous, Aztec. Like yeah. those genes are very forward in them that they look like the indigenous people that were there. Mm-hmm. So then when I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, I see how they gave you anxiety. Because in the yeah. art style, it wasn't that jarring. But I was yeah. like, in real life, I was like, oh, totally get it. Because yeah. they really look different from the rest of the family. <laughs> yeah. Like they're same nose, same style. Mm-hmm face in the comic just different skin tones and then exactly drastic difference in real life yeah <laughs> and, and i was just like oh i see how that gave you a complex i totally understand that yeah and 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 the thing with the abati who couldn't visit um there's a line um oh yeah i i've, I've known yeah. that before too <laughs> oh yeah when uh the they can't bati doesn't have her um her papers papers so she can't go she can't travel by plane she can't do a lot of stuff because she needs identification and she doesn't have it so um that's why she couldn't see her family but it had been like years like decades since she had seen her parents since she left Mexico so um in the afterward when we're getting all those real life photos you do find out that as of 2019 the Apathy got her papers and she became a legal resident of the U.S. and was finally able to go back to Mexico to see her parents which Mm -hmm. is just like incredible yeah absolutely that was awesome yeah um we have a family friend who has been stuck in uh Mexico in her in her village for going like on eight years now maybe mm-hmm. six years um she got sent back they caught her they got she sent she got sent back and if you ever if anybody out there doesn't understand the immigration system in the U.S. or like poo-poos on people coming over illegally 
it's that the U.S. is one of the most expensive, if not the most expensive country to buy your um, immigration status. And the two longest wait um, waiting times are like 10 years, uh, Mexico and Philippines, the two countries with the longest wait list to get into the States legally. So, and it's expensive as fuck. And these people are coming from developing countries where they don't have a lot of money. They don't have a lot of resources. So that's why they can't do it fast or do it with a lot of cash. And sometimes, you know, it's a more of a, of a safety thing to get their family over here. So yeah, yeah, it's a, and uh, immigration lawyers from a personal perspective will fuck you over. So, because again, um, if there's any good ones, that's great. A lot of them are just, they know that they can take advantage of vulnerable people and they will upcharge. So it's a, it's an icky system. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's funny because it's not, that's the story I hear. And, you know, working with students, especially in the college system, I worked with a lot of DACA recipients and like just heartbreaking, you know, like some of the most beautiful, genuine, hardworking people I've ever met. And they were being threatened to get sent, sent back to a home country that they don't really remember because they were brought over illegally when they were like, you know, six when they were five. And these people now are in their twenties and they're like, why are we going back? We don't need, that's not even our home. Like, like our families are here. So yeah, it's pretty crazy, but yes, sidebar, but yeah, uh, it's a really good book. I I, I love it. Really, really well done. I I like the little, uh, the little like references to, um, to kind of just like life and culture in in the, in the book as well. Um, Like, like Christine has like a Decemberist poster. Yeah. Um, and um, loves and, to draw, yeah, in her um, casita. And that's what I was about to say too. Like a really cool addition to it. And I, th- I feel like this is something only fellow lefties are going to recognize. But Chris, Christine, when she's drawing, and she mentions her hand getting cramped up. They show her hand; it's got the smudge, and that is the smudge that lefties get. Oh, that's funny! Mm-hmm. I didn't even pay and attention. I, as a left-handed person, yeah, yeah, my eyes just like whoop. I know that you felt seen, Brian. I know I felt seen just for once in my life. I'm never represented. Wow. So yeah, (laughs) so Um, funny. uh, But yeah, I um, uh, I I love that. Also, um, okay, I know Carrie and I. We talked about this a long time ago. I think when we were even like dating, and um, like years ago. And in the book, in the very beginning of the book, Christine references the the inability to go to sleep um when you're excited about something yeah. as six flag syndrome which makes sense because she's in texas and we grew up calling it disneyland syndrome yeah because mm. we're in southern california um richard have you ever had anything like that like familiar? oh yeah no i didn't have we didn't have or i didn't colloquially i didn't have a term for it but yeah definitely i know exactly what that is yeah. you're going on a trip I remember uh, I was talking about that Paris trip. I ended up being up for like 40 hours because I couldn't sleep the night before. I was oh, too yeah. excited. I could, And then couldn't sleep on the plane. And then, you know, we got there and there was vacation to do. <laughs> and then, yeah, exactly. There's no time to rest. It's like, you gotta, you gotta start going around places. But yeah, it's that fun. first day, it was very long. <laughs> yeah. no, absolutely. I can only imagine. Cause like, I, I so similarly, like, um, like when we just recently, we went on our, our cruise and, I was 
um, up real late, like, you know, we were getting stuff ready. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, once we get on the cruise ship, it's just like, you know, relax time and sleep. And we got on there and it's like, yeah, we're on on a cruise and we didn't want to fall asleep. And so, like, we're just (laughs) literally like by by, like by 10 or 11 at night hits and we're like, why are we so tired? It's like, oh, yeah, it's (laughs) because we've like literally had like three hours of sleep in the last like 40 hours, you know, so, yeah. Um, also real quick, but I, I'm just wondering this because of the time that this book takes place. And there's a part where, um, Christine relates with, um, her brother and says like, Hey, did you read QC? And I'm guessing because of the time and the era that takes place, that was questionable content, the webcomic. And if so. Like like big kudos on that like reference I I, I like that I, I felt felt like, uh, like represented it, represented once again I remember <laughs> questionable that. content yeah, yeah definitely that, that was a, a pretty cool actually that was where I got a lot of my indie uh, music recommendations from was, was that oh nice Carrie's rolling her eyes at me yeah I, I was that. rolling my eyes <laughs> yeah. all right so supportive yep um mm-hmm. also also I didn't know there was sweet tamales. Why was this kept away from me? <laughs> like with cinnamon and, and pineapple? I want that for Christmas next year or this year if we have tamales. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'm going to try funny. those. You've always requested the gesso ones. Yeah. So that's why we always got you those. Yeah. Which, yeah, I'll try I'll try the sweet ones as okay. well. Definitely. Um, oh, that that is also the best thing about like being like like growing up here american but just have like being culturally different. It's just like, oh yeah, we just get a whole bunch of different food that everybody doesn't get and it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, it's just like, oh yeah, like lo- like my mom makes the best whatever, whatever ever, and like, no, you've never even heard of this thing that's amazing. So, <laughs> <suck it. laughs> um, I like the little like legendary stories. I guess is the best way to put it. Like in the in your like like family like like stories that will become like family legends. Like the like her mama stealing the cactus. Oh from yeah. The trail. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then also, and then like her papa, after eating like dinner, goes to a street vendor and buys 27 gourds. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm That's like, like I, a, the like, fattest possible thing you could do. I could have yeah. signed it so hard. And I have been there. Yeah. I've done that actually. Like, ooh, more food. And then um, the joke about like, oh, like, you know, we talk about food while eating dinner you know like what we're gonna eat next meal and it's like yeah no that's a breakfast tradition in my house it is totally a breakfast tradition which i love yeah we <laughs> we plan out our meals as we are eating breakfast mm-hmm. like okay what are we doing for lunch and like what are we doing for dinner it's totally a thing i love it so all right um, what are we doing for fourth meal yeah oh fourth mm-hmm. meal last night uh little burritos actually mm-hmm. oh, no. very good i made and- them real quick um, oh, homemade burritos! I oh, think yeah. you went out. That's awesome. Oh, no. We always have chile and beans and cheese and tortillas in my house. Like we always have food. It's just we're always like we don't always. Brian's a sensitive boy, so he can't always have like I yeah. certain things. Mm-hmm. There's something going on with my stomach and. They don't it's need to know. Not spicy stuff. It's just like there's certain foods that just make me feel very sick. And I don't know what it is. Um, That's the stuff that sucks about it. Is I, I don't, don't know what you have, but a, a friend of mine had something similar that he was just like, oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, like, I can't eat. He's like, he's like, I get to have like one burger a month now because that's all my like 
insides can handle because it's not a spicy yeah. thing. It's just certain foods no longer agree with him. And it's all yeah. the stuff that he loved eating his whole life. <laughs> it's, it's weird. He, he was very upset when it happened. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's almost like as we age, yeah, like our yeah, body. Yeah, no, they like yeah, it's like right, right when he got into his mid forties, he was just like, oh shit, I can't eat a bunch of stuff anymore. Yep. Well, it's funny, like literally the the day after my birthday, I was sweating uncontrollably, like I couldn't stop sweating in the morning, and I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> my body was just like, fuck you, you're in your forties now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? I think so, yeah. Gross. Fuck you! Your th- your forty is now should be a a pin or a t shirt that we sell. Yeah, <laughs> our exclusive merchandise. Yeah, exclusive merchandise. But yeah. I'm only thirty nine. I know. Oh, <laughs> just a little baby. Uh, I know. Oh. Uh, also, the the Michelada stand on uh, during the hike. <laughs> There's like a Michelada stand. Yeah. <laughs> I love that as well. That was great. You know, so that's probably refreshing as hell. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, um, I did feel bad for like I could I, I I am someone that does enjoy going shopping, but I remember being a kid going shopping with your mom, and you're like, "Yo, can we go home for the love mm-hmm. of God?" Yeah, <laughs> and just like taking off the shoes afterwards, and yeah, I mean, Ugh. it feels like you've walked like 20 miles, even if if you haven't. It's just it's just the whole idea of just standing around and just like waiting, and like I I love shopping, and I love shopping with Carrie, and like that, and and. You know, even then, like sometimes it's just like we we're out so long. It's like okay, let's go home and let's let's nap. Yeah, <laughs> you know, let's have a snack. Let's nap. <laughs> you know, so got my steps in. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, I, and um, yeah, I I love I loved how there was no like there was no subtitles for the Spanish. Yeah, mm-hmm. you basically were in the same situation as Christine was. Uh, which made, made me really like that very much made it even more, more relate, relatable than it already was. Um, and then like her little conscience would sometimes be able to translate stuff. And so you were able to get like, you know, a, a couple words here and there if you didn't already speak Spanish. I was going to say, most of the time I felt like there was enough context for you yep. to understand. I, definitely. I love the the part where um, where she goes into the, the convenience store and then the person has that story about her and the bananas. And she, at first she's like, what the hell is she talking about? Oh yeah. That's <laughs> the bananas, you know? So, yeah. And also I love like the tree and some like, casita, like, like, mm-hmm. so, like she only had only visited that place and she never lived there. She still was able to carve out a little spot. Yes. It's like, it's yeah. And the hammock. <laughs> that's where her family is. Yeah. I, I loved it. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I also want to say like big shout out to Christine's family mm-hmm. because I think it is very very easy to ostracize somebody when there's a language mm-hmm. barrier and True. the fact that they didn't do that and tried so hard to accept her and love her and they did I think also shows how much they loved her mom Vero and how much they wish that, you know, maybe Veto was still at home too. And I thought that was really cool. Like the love of the daughter transferred love to the granddaughter, which I I, mm. I felt like it happened. So I thought that was kind of nice. And you could tell that like Christine was starting to get more in the, you know, kind of the tune of everything. And because she started calling Mama just Ma. See. And, mm-hmm. and so like she was definitely getting a little more like, you know, 
used to everybody and then the, and then you could tell at least the way like they're drawn like mama loved the fact that like christine was so like friendly and casual, casual. yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah it's just it made me happy and i love how and this is true with any family really like no matter how old you are your mom is still your mom your dad's still your dad and so when when Christine's mom gets comes over there and then all of a sudden her mom is like treating her like she's a kid again uh-huh. and she's like I can't believe this and then when Christine's like yeah parents they don't they aren't they the worst <laughs> yeah, like yeah mm-hmm. that's yeah. super cute and great. also the relationship between Christine and her mom mm-hmm. was so cool I love like it. Mm-hmm. so effortless just so loving and you yeah. could tell that they had a really really strong bond mm-hmm. and that her mom was so supportive of Christine yeah. And and it I made it very so cool. very obvious that it was all everything that she had going on in her was all inside her. Mm-hmm. It wasn't yeah. much lot. Yeah, like it wasn't like that. the parents or anybody like judging her or you know giving her looks up the steam. You know, exactly. so, much, yeah. so much of it was just in her head. It's not it's not like Hungry Ghost, which was like my spotlight last week, where mm-hmm. it was all the mom was causing the issues for the daughter when it came to like dysmorphia and like and bulimia and everything but and like this this story um it yeah it's just and it's so easy just especially with around other kids and especially when you're going into a school you know as like another mm-hmm. and then like you know they're asking oh what 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 are you and yeah then, and then it's like oh you don't look like these kids other kids yeah not not just like color wise but also like language wise and shape and, language, and everything yeah, language. Yeah. yeah and so it's like I could totally see just getting in your brain, like, oh, I'm different, mm-hmm. and it's not a good thing. Yeah. And differences are cool. Absolutely. I'll, I'll put that in quotation marks. Put that on a shirt. That and shout out cool. to all the ethnic daughters that are also caregivers for their older parents. Yep, Yay. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now shout out to, to Tiamari. Yeah. I yeah. saw that and I was like, oh, girl, yeah. I know what you're doing. Yep. Doing it too. Mm-hmm. Except I struggle along my husband and i'm more than happy to be here great thank you Aww. you're legally obligated you guys are cute oh, <laughs> we to this is only on air we hate each other <laughs> <laughs> you guys uh, stare at separate walls in yeah. silence <laughs> off air exactly <laughs> horrible we have custody battles with johnny oh my god and you, have like... the, you guys and you have the um the Lucy and Desi uh, double twin beds with the nightstand no. in between. <laughs> no, that is that is my dream. Don't knock separate beds. They're healthier for a relationship. It's been statistically proven. They yeah. they give you better night sleep, and it's healthier for your relationship to not sleep in a bed together. And then when you guys do sleep in a bed, it's like a sleepover. Yeah, it's like camping with sex. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, oh, do you guys tell ghost stories? Yeah, campfires inside the house. Oh. Makes oh. s'mores. Yes, makes s'mores. Oh, is that oh. what we're calling it now? Oh, oh shit! Oh my god! I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the moment of the podcast where I turn red. Although the second time of this evening, he's turning red. Yeah. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> oh god! Are you oh, all right? Uh, <laughs> I have water. I, I think I'll survive. Oh, our both our speakers. I think because our dog is on our. He's licking the cord. Yeah, and so the cord. So your voice went to one ear to the other ear. Yeah, all of a sudden because Johnny well, is going. If you nuts. followed this episode, thank you. Yeah, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's a it's a phenomenal book. Uh, we didn't even talk about 
the coloring. Yeah. So the coloring in traditional um in Mexican art is a lot of blues, a lot of oranges, a lot of whites. Um and there is a splash page between every chapter of the book. The tile. And it's tiling. Oh, I love the tile. And that, and it's, there's different, like, um, I forget which chapter it is, but it's when um, they go to the ranch and she meets, or no, when she's going to um, her grandparents' house, she meets Chiquito, the little little cat. The tiling for that splash page has a little cat on it. So um, just little things like that. It's beautiful. Again, very simple, but still very intricate. Um, You get a lot of detail from it as far as the storytelling goes. Were you talking about the uh, at the house or like the little? They have like the little timely pages with the chapter breaks. Those are also really cute. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. 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 And each and each like tile has a picture that has to do with the upcoming chapter. Yeah. You're right. Really cool. Yeah. So. Oh man, yeah. This this book is I just a lot of fun. If anything, it makes you want to travel to Mexico. I think it's really beautiful. Um. It's not, uh, there's a part of, like, I think it's a flashback, a flashback sequence where um, Christine is telling schoolmates what her plans are for the summer. And she's like, oh, I'm going to go to Mexico to visit my family. And some dumbass colonizer kids are yeah. like, oh, you're don't, gonna, don't, water. Don't, don't drink the water. You're going to mm-hmm. get kidnapped yeah. by the cartel or whatever. And, you know, Christine knows that as a very beautiful and almost sacred place. Um, where her family is. Yeah. So, exactly. Our talk is being very vocal. Today. Yeah, sorry. Um, so I apologize for that. Um, also, uh, the the Pocahontas pinata, uh, and it gets yeah. it gets destroyed, and Christine cries at one of those flashbacks. I would love that. That okay. was great. <laughs> Can I tell a quick Carrie story? Yes, please. So fourth grade, uh, when my cousin was still living in the area, our um, our school didn't have traditional year round. We were um, three months on, one month off. And so um, for my track, which is what we were called, my my section of the school, we got off like every April, August and um, December. So at the end of the school year, my cousin would come over and she's a few years younger than me. And I would throw a after school sleepover party. And it was just me and her. Fourth grade, it was Pocahontas themed. And I had Pocahontas, um I had Pocahontas dinnerware from the party store and cups. And I had um I remember I had a little tray from the thrift store and I had made little sandwiches and I served Oreo cookies. Mm-hmm. And to this day, my cousin remembers that Pocahontas party. Um, that's, what we, that's what we call it because it was really cute. I, know, I thought you were going to say you had the same uh, Pocahontas pinata. And I was like, Carrie, maybe Chris is stealing your life. Maybe. <laughs> no, no, no. But when I saw the Pocahontas pinata, I was like, oh my God, I remember having like a Pocahontas party. Again, representation. When you when you are brown yeah. and you see a brown person, you're like, yay, someone looks like me. Yeah. Um, I I also like the flashback uh, when when they go to um, the museum and the with the fountain, and and like and I totally get the vibe because like Christine's like oh you know my brother dared me to uh, to go into the um in, into the fountain and I was wet all day and I loved it and like now like that would just embarrass the hell out of me. It's yeah, like, mm-hmm. I totally get it. It's like yeah, and, but and it's it's almost like a sandwich. 
where it's like it doesn't embarrass you as a, as a little kid but then when you get a little older it embarrasses the hell out of you but then you get to like my age and like yeah i'll be soaking wet for the whole day <laughs> yeah 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 i don't fucking care <laughs> like, yeah yeah so, so I, yeah. I i also loved her uh, relationship with her brother grady because yeah. like mm. they have such a cute like supportive relationship and i have like a very like stereotypical sitcom relationship with my sister when we were kids like my sister's older than me and i bothered her yeah. And then she would hit me and we'd chase each other around. Same. But they're like, they're, they're, the two of them are so sweet and cute and like really supportive of one of each other. Like they're like out of there, each other's best friend, but you know, like they're among each other's best friends. And I just thought it was really adorable the way that they were. Their sibling rivalry is, is like, just like fun yeah like, like hey, call each other poo face yeah yeah and yeah and that's it you know like and that's 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 right yeah like yeah their their relationship was one of my favorite parts of the book yeah. as well just all the familiar relationships this is it was just this family was so loving and welcoming and just it was just so great to 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 feel here it feels and i even i made this reference to carrie um after she finished it's like i feel like this family's our cousins yeah like 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 i totally feel like they're part of the gang you know and like i'm mm-hmm. part of the gang as well you know like i don't know if i'm just like projecting but 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 yeah like i was like cool like this is like me familia like i'm just happy to to be with them because like these are the cool people i like to hang out with you know like yeah this is the family i want to have <laughs> yeah like i'm not mexican american but there were so many beats, like as part yeah. of being from an immigrant family, that like I was just like, oh yeah, I, I've had a similar experience to that, to that, to that. Like mm-hmm. I, so many beats, so it's just like, oh yeah, just very same, very same. Very cool. All right, well, um, I guess we, you know, we might be closing this up. So do you I guys have any final? Up. Do we have any final thoughts before we finish? No, read the book. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, excellent. Big big fan of the book. I'm glad you guys liked it as well. Carrie, great choice. Well, thank you for recommending. I, it. I just, I was like, hey, these are a couple books that you might want to check out, and I'm glad that you. No, 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 yeah, I, it was a good. Um, yeah. And you know, and the first mother daughter story that hasn't made me cry. So, yeah. yay progress. That's yay, good. Progress. That's good. good. Definitely. All right. Well, so I guess that might be it for the episode then. <laughs> yeah. So sorry, it's late. Okay. We're sleepy. Yeah, this is actually our first like evening episode of the season so if we seem a little off our a game um it's our a minus game and we're it's because we're we're not used to recording this late anymore um but uh but yeah thanks for sticking with us if this is your first episode thank you and welcome as always and uh i'll go ahead once again and hand it to carrie once i find the the closing notes okay uh we've reached the end of the show Thank you for being here. Thank you to everyone listening. That includes you. Kind listener. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Good Pods. We're all at CDB Pod. For the book clubbers, on Friday, we will announce the next episode's main subject on Instagram, so you too can follow along. If you want to join in on the conversation, email us at comicsdeservebetter at gmail.com. Richard, where can we find you? Um, I'm at TopCat360 on all over social media. Um, my NBA team is in the finals. And my NHL team is in the Stanley Cup finals. Mm-hmm. My NBA team is doing very well. They're the first team all playoffs to beat the uh, Denver Nuggets at home. 
My nice. NHL team doing a lot less well. They're getting their head caved in by Brian's team. It's a little disheartening. Like it, it, it does border on bullying when they're bidding seven two, and you didn't even score one of those goals. They scored their an old goal, and yeah. it's not great right now. But we're coming home. We're gonna, you know, the ice cats are gonna come back. There's gonna be rats on the ice. It's gonna be very fun, and uh, the Miami Heat are gonna win the NFL uh, NBA title. Nikola Jokic is terrifyingly good. He is the best basketball player on this planet. And for some reason, I am keeping the faith that, like, no, we're the Miami Heat. We have guts, guile, and heat culture. And somehow, that's going to win the championship. And I don't think I'm wrong. (laughs) Butler is no slouch. I mean... No, 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 but he's not the best player on the planet. The other guy is. And he's so freaking good. And still, I am very confident that my team is about to win the NBA championship. And I'm so excited. That's <laughs> like, like I said, fingers crossed that we both win championships this this month. I'm shaking my fist at you, bro. <laughs> I know. I know. And, and I am. I was telling you before we recorded. Like, I am so pensive. Like, I cannot celebrate until if if this. You know, talk to me after after whatever <laughs> game is the end of it, and then you'll get like the true feelings, either of of sadness or happiness. But right now, I'm so much. Like because it's, it's so close to immortality, and we have so much invested in this weird parallel social relationship with our uh, favorite teams. It's <laughs> but it's super fun. It's so fun. Like absolutely, I am not sleeping when the Heat wins because I'm too excited, and I'm scrolling through the internet, and I'm not sleeping well when the Heat lose because I'm so upset that that happened to them. It's mm-hmm. it's agonizing and so enjoyable. Like I'm, and I don't know what's gonna happen when all this is over and it's just baseball. Like what will I do with myself? I don't, have- I don't know how to live anymore you're gonna have like leftover anxiety you're like oh, yeah maybe i need something else to or maybe i'll become an adrenaline junkie at Ivy or something because it's just like it's too boring now the sticks are too low and brian where can we find you on the internet um at brighton underscore cb is where i am at um it's awesome <laughs> wherever i am i love <laughs> to say um I, I posted on, across the Spider-Verse. It's awesome. Yes. Um, I might try to post more often. Yeah. Well. I like If you like stories and really cool videos and posts, eh, follow me too. Yeah, you're actually more story heavy than you are post heavy on Instagram. Yeah, I've been, yeah, I've been like trying to, to get other cool artists and stuff a little more, uh, if, you know, like notification, not notification, notoriety. That's yeah, very cool. Uh, okay. <laughs> It's late. <laughs> it's super late. Um, as on a personal note from Carrie, uh, thank you so much for listening to the episode. It um, it's been a chaotic ending, but um, yes, thank you very much. And if you're a first time listener or a long time listener, we appreciate you equally. And for uh, Brian, did you have something to say? Oh, just really quick. Uh, shout out to uh, Brewbaker's Muse on Twitter who like retweeted us. Uh, and uh, and like you know put in uh the sean phillips and everything and that was very yeah nice. and yes uh carrie's comments about drugs was was very hilarious oh my god that yeah. they said that yes. <laughs> yeah, they said you. stick with you i fucking love you thank you so much yeah we nice. appreciate you so for richard and brian i'm carrie and this has been the comics deserve better podcast remember comics deserve better and everyone deserves comics you guys take care of yourselves thank you very much for listening bye everyone bye later later